it's it's one thing. Yeah, we should definitely talk about the event. And I think it's like, well, how does that get into why would that matter to the consulting community? Um, so, Jared, maybe we pitch to you first and then I will riff on that. All right. So I didn't listen to anything you said, Chris. So uh, that's, uh, that'll be good. Fantastic. Um, Apparently, you understand the SOP here. Dennis. Yeah, that's You're exactly how right right I do. Right I, I understand that the, the episodes are about 20 minutes long. No, 35 minutes long and 30 an hour. An hour or more. The 34 minutes of it is cold open and one minute is discussion. I think that's. You got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Consultants Saying Things. I am Chris Lockhart. We are joined by Oliver Cronk, Phil Yanoff, and we have Wendy on location with a special guest, Daryl Carr. Now, Wendy and Daryl are in Australia, somewhere in the vast continent island that is Australia. Um, and Wendy is down there because there's a very special event going on in Australia right now that Daryl has helped put together. And the two of them are going coast to coast on a tour uh, for Converge Australia. Now, Converge is, I'll get the tagline right here. Converge is where strategy, architecture, and community come together. And you guys have planned a series of events. I've been watching them um, as you've been going, Wendy. There's been uh, lots of talk about your book, Strategy to Reality. There's been other discussions around uh, consulting business, business architecture, et cetera. And so um, I wanted to, first of all, I wanted to give you a, a quick um, chance, Daryl, to just tell us real briefly, what is Converge Australia, other than what I just said? Yeah, that's, uh, that's good, Chris. Yeah, what is Converge? So Converge is a crazy idea. Probably uh, started talking about about 12 months ago, um, but I really got into planning somewhere around about February or March where... Um, we, we were joking about the idea of, hey, Wendy, why don't you come out and talk to some people that I know out in, out in Australia and um, and uh, and just sort of you know, we can talk about the the work that you do and uh, and how it's important and um, and and we sort of we joked really for for a little while about how that uh, how that might happen and then all of a sudden Wendy says uh, beginning of the year October's looking free. <laughs> So uh, then it was all uh, full steam ahead from there. And uh, so um, I, uh, I then reached out to some of my network here and, and started asking, well, Wendy King's thinking of coming out to Australia. Would you like to talk to her? And, of course, everybody said yes. So we ended up with this thing, this, uh, this thing that we eventually called Converge 2023. And uh, it ended up being 32 events in 25 days across four states. Uh, something like 40,000 kilometres travelled. Uh, and what it is, is the ability for everybody to come together and uh, and just as much um, hear from Wendy as actually talk to each other um, and uh, and form relationships within the community, which has been fantastic to watch. It's uh, it's amazing. Some of the some of the things that have come out of this tour that we weren't really planning on or expecting uh, have been incredible. 
So yeah, that's uh, a chance for us to all come together. And I think one of the things that has made this so special is it was actually very organic. It was sort of oriented around this idea, like you said, Chris, of strategy, architecture, community, right? We had these different themes that we were talking about, sustainability, strategy, execution. Um, but we had so many organizers. It was not one organizer. It's basically all these people co-creating different events, different topics, different forums, different places. And I think that actually made an even better result because people were going to multiple events in the city and meeting different groups of people. So it really became something that we all did together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, it has been interesting watching people sort of, um, just, just sort of up here, and and sometimes in different cities at different events, and um, and uh, sort of basically following Wendy around the country. Yeah, and um, which which kind of brings us to our topic, right? I mean, you know, we were, you know, we've been watching you, Wendy, you know, on your travels. I assume um, it's in style, and it's not like the two of you on a bicycle built for two, <laughs> going through the outback or something like that. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> There's a tuk tuk with a picture of her book on the side of it that's that's right. Right. across the country. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I don't know if you ever seen Priscilla Queen of the Desert, but just picture that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, watching this though, what you know, what struck me, and you know, Daryl and I were having a conversation about this, and I know you, you guys were part of that as well. But you know, sort of this idea that you know, consultants, um, it can be a very um, lonely, isolated profession in some cases, or it can be like an overwhelmingly I have to be part of everything all the time type of profession. And so I think there's really this idea that, you know, apart from things like mentorship and coaching, right, there's this idea that we would we would like to belong to a community or communities, right, of our choosing, right, ad hoc, cafeteria style, right, I'm just picking and choosing communities. Um, but, you know, there's not really oh, ever really been good training or, or um, advice on sort of how to identify the tribe you want to belong to or the tribes and and how to be part of that, how to help grow that, um, and, you know, and, and, and what you should expect to get out of it. So I, I thought we could kind of talk about that. Um, Phil Yanov, I know you, you're a community minded person. You work with people and connect people all the time. What's your take on sort of this idea that, you know, my, my, my thesis, right. That consultants are these, uh, are these, uh, animals that sort of need this connection in this community. In so much as that uh, most of the consultants we know are humans, yes, there's a need for community, right? They want to be together, right? Yeah, I know, I know. It's kind of an iffy thing sometimes. Uh, I'm bailing my dog out 20 hours a week. But um, yeah, so I think that it's a, they are humans. They want to go together. And the thing is, we've just been through this big experiment, of tossing everybody at home, of people being isolated. And, you know, at least in the U.S., right, the uh, Surgeon General says that we are in an epidemic of isolation and that this is causing all kinds of health problems for people. So I think that, you know, anybody building all of these communities, I mean, this is a valuable way for us to kind of get back together and that people, they're yearning for this sense of meaning. They're yearning for this sense of community. Let's go do it. 
Can I just tell you, by the way, you can cut this out later, but me staring at a giant picture of myself is really disconcerting. Let's let's go with that again. Whoa, there <laughs> it is. Whoa. Oh my God, Holy what a cow. big bill that is. That head is so big. <laughs> well, actually, Oliver, I want you to weigh in, right? Because I mean, you and I talk about some stuff sometimes and we're on um, opposite ends of some topics, right? Trains, for example, um, among other things. We don't mention trains anymore, Chris. Remember, shouldn't mention trains. Um, but you know, he's a caboose man. <laughs> is this a legitimate problem, or is this just a bunch of whinging? Right, like get go get the job nice. done. Nice. No, no I, I think it's, it's it's legitimate, and I think the nature of consulting is such that having that sort of peer community and learning. Uh, and collaborate. And I, I, I don't think consultants are really unique in that. I think every industry value, you know, gets, gets value out of kind of cross 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 enemy lines kind of collaboration. Can I call it that? Kind of like you know, kind of you wouldn't normally have some of the conversations you get to have when you join a community, right? You get to kind of bounce ideas around and sort of share thoughts. You know, ideally in a sort of Chatham House rule style manner, where you know it's a it's a relatively low risk opportunity to learn from from others that you wouldn't otherwise get to tap into and so i think that's why you know i i i've been involved in things like the bcs which is the british computer society for for for, for a very long time over a decade and you know the, the, the value i got out of that you know I'm, I'm now trying to bring to things like architect tomorrow because i think yeah people just as phil says people innately want to kind of connect and and, and communicate and learn and share and it's sort of you know about shared stories and and, and learning through yeah, those sort of you know, shared shared tales, really, I think, is, is what the community is all about for me. So it kind of leads me to a question, right? So Daryl and Wendy, you guys have been co-creating this event, this network, right, um, in Australia, which sort of leads me to question, you know, if I'm a practitioner and I'm out there and I, I have this sense of longing to belong, to be part of something, you know, where do I start? How do I find a tribe? How do I get involved? And if you could relate some of your experience and sort of how you brought this together for, for Wendy and for, for the folks that are out there to see her. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, where do you start? So uh, from my point of view, uh, it's all just accidental um, uh, activities that have occurred over a period of time where people have asked me to come along to events and then speak at events and then run events and and also in parallel just moving around um, to different organisations and building up a, a, a great network of, of contacts. Um, so um, that then gives me the opportunity to be able to reach out to people and say, what do you want to do? What would you like to see? Um, would you like to talk to Wendy? Those sorts of things. Um, but it's the decade or more of network building, of, um, of developing a, a group of people to talk to um, and, and having run lots of events, um, being able to see the benefits of bringing people together and, uh, and seeing them, their eyes open as they realise that they're facing the same problems as everybody else in the room. They're hearing themselves effectively coming from somebody else's uh, perspective. And, um, and, and seeing the value of actually taking some time out of that busy day job to, to learn that they're not alone, that they can um, share their experiences and learn from others. And in terms of, let's say, how do you find community? I think Oliver mentioned, right, you could be 
you could be in multiple communities and while not to overwhelm and overdo communities, right? You could have discipline focused ones, right? Around architecture, you could have topic focused ones. Um, and of course you could have, you know, internal communities inside your, your own firm as well. So I think it's finding which ones make sense and the right time to dedicate them, but also to say, um, if a community doesn't exist, you know, it's about finding those other tribe members and making them right as well, which I think everyone here has actually done. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably add that Australia was very light on for opportunities for architects to get together. So that's been a focus of mine for a while now. And, uh, uh, every every chance I get, where I, I I know somebody crazy enough to say yes, I'll uh, I'll try and organise something. Crazy enough. To yeah. say <laughs> I think that's great. I mean, but obviously there was some infrastructure there. People had built a bunch of local groups, and you're kind of allowing to kind of connect the dots. Or I don't know is this ticket to ride? I'm thinking of like a little connecting train game, right, as we go through. But the whole idea is, how do we, um, you know. That piece was built there, so there were some nat naturally some people were doing this all already. But yeah, you, I think part of the message though is like if you were in a you're in a, in a consultant or otherwise, and you're just feeling isolated, you need to put your head up and you know look around and see who's around you and what's possible, right? Yeah, and there's a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations that I have with uh, with people uh, either uh, practicing architects or aspiring architects that. Um, that want to start sort of developing and learning and and uh, and they come to me and I talk about some of the activities that are going on so they get introduced into the groups and some of them end up putting up their hands and volunteering, which is great. So the, the network expands, the community expands and you get to be able to do more. I love that. Chris, your mouth is open. Let words come out. <laughs> they were, it was brilliance for five seconds and now it's gone. Um, you'll never capture it again it's almost as if we haven't done 70 episodes of this um so what what i'm kind of wondering is i i think that makes sense more so certainly in a live environment right and phil you know when we're doing your your live events for years and years and you, know, you certainly gain a lot out of that i wonder have we lost anything with sort of the Zoom era of connectivity? I don't know. Lost. So we've, we've, you know, I think the thing that I see is that, you know, Zoom has allowed us to connect to people we wouldn't have otherwise. I mean, for God's sake, we, you and I are in Greenville. Oliver's in London. I don't know. Are you guys in Perth still or where are you in Australia? No. Brisbane. Alice Springs. They're Brisbane. In Alice. They're in Brisbane. Right. Brisbane. Yeah. So, so. But the point is, I mean, they're half a world away and we couldn't have done this otherwise. Now there's no Zoom in this thing at the moment. But, but the thing is, it allows us to start making those connections. And then to the extent that we can then get and find each other and be in person or we can extend our networks and be in person. We know that being in person with 
people allows us all kinds of social cues that we wouldn't get. We don't get on Zoom. I mean, it's not the same experience. There's science behind that. I'm not just guessing. We just we know that we're it's this is a much harder way to communicate. It's exhausting, right? It's tiring. That's what they say is because I'm I'm having a, I'm having to work so hard to read your cues that it just tires my brain out. Whereas if I was standing there talking to you, I could tell right away that you were bored and I'd move on to somebody else, right? But in here, it's, you know, that's really hard. So I think we got to figure out all those things, but it also allows me to build networks that then I can then pull into real life, right? So a couple of weeks ago, you know, I spent, I took a very short trip and met somebody that I've been working with for three years or more. He was in uh, he was in Greece most of the time, in Scotland part of the time. But, you know, he ended up in North Carolina. And so there was a chance for us to go talk to each other and do some stuff live together. But uh, the thing is, I, that was a network I built over Zoom and then brought to fruit in life. So it gives, it gives you more options. Is that what you're saying? It, I, I, the, I, I cast such a wide net that I never would have done before. I just, I mean, I talk to people all the time that I would never have ever encountered before, right? They would never called me on the phone because they wouldn't know if I was a knucklehead or not. And I wouldn't know to take the call because I didn't know who they were, right? And so I think all of those kinds of things show up. But now, you know, I am regularly having conversations with people half a continent away. The other day, I was thinking about Daryl and Wendy being so far away. I did a call with someone in... A, a woman came into the call, and I forget what part of Australia she was in, but it was 4 a.m., right? And she's like in on this call. It's dark. And she says, I have to whisper because my kids are in bed, right? And I'm like, yeah. I mean, but that's commitment, right, to show up and hang out on a call with us and, and try to participate in a conversation. Yeah, but I mean, yes, it allows me to cast a wider net. I think anybody could do that. You can start a thing like this, you know, on Zoom. I mean, I obviously mm -hmm. I figured it out when I started, you know, doing the thing that we do on Zoom every week. I said, first off, I hate Zoom. First off, I don't think this will work, but I'm willing to suck at it. And if I was willing to be bad at it for a while, I eventually got good at it because I got tired of being bad at it. And once you get to that spot, um, then it just works. And now... People are telling me, oh, this feels like community. This feels like, you know, I want to be here. By the way, they send me apology notes when they can't be on the call. And I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, so clearly we've built something there. So I'll just uh, make an observation here that uh, there was um, there was a number of, of circumstances during this tour where uh, I was meeting people. Uh, that are in my network here in Australia that I had never met in person. I'd only ever spoken to them on a Zoom screen. And so I, I made the joke that I, I I needed to create a cardboard cutout of the Zoom screen and just hold it in front of them because everything seemed so unnatural for them to have a body below their shoulders. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, did you tell them how much taller they were in real life or shorter <laughs> or whatever that was? Like, oh, my gosh. Um, Everyone's the same height on Zoom. Yeah, I, uh, I, I am actually life-size now on your screen, so um, everybody's tall to me. I think we've probably talked about this before, but like hybrid being an essential part of the consultant's toolkit, for me, kind of rings true here as well. Like, I think the world... The world won't go back to us all being in person 
I mean, I think it's steadily, certainly in London, steadily going more in person, but it's still hybrid, right? I mean, like Monday and Friday, don't try and run a community event because you'll get like two people turning up, um, for example. So I think, yeah, you've got got to learn how to to leverage the hybrid world and when to use what tool and what... What kind of platform works for different audiences is, is is as important as like knowing how to present these days. I think, um, yeah. yeah. Which kind of leads to a question, you know, Daryl, Wendy, what what were some of the challenges? I mean, what and and what, basically what worked and what didn't, and so far, and in, in what you've put together. Yeah. Mm. Well, well, I'll just it's say all been I, flawless. It's no, so no. perfect. Well, well, I will say. We couldn't have done it without, um, first of all, Daryl's Daryl's network. Um, like just as Phil said, like there was infrastructure there already. Yes. Like just having a one big country and being like, well, who should we call? Like without network and understanding relationships and people, we couldn't have done it. And second, because all the organizers actually created the events and they basically made them up, that worked, but we couldn't have done it without um, an event manager, right? So this amazing woman, Laura, she... Um, yeah, she she was after, you know, all the details, keeping it moving, reminding us what to do. It actually wouldn't have happened without her, something of this magnitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I could not speak more highly of, of Laura. Um, there, there's a spreadsheet that she created, which has the entire tour on it. And it was our constant source of reference for the entire thing. So we're just near the end. This is the last day of events today. Um, and traveling around the country and and turning up at the right time at the right location and knowing what to bring with us we've got a bunch of uh, bunch of uh, gifts that we created for the guests you know a bunch of merch See, we've got, the, got the logos and everything and uh, making sure that we had everything we needed at the right place at the right time that was really Laura um, being the champion in the background and, and I also think like I wouldn't say what didn't go well because we we also went with the perspective that, listen, the right things are going to happen. The right people are going to be there. You know, the right conversations are going to happen. I think we try to make everything very engaging. Um, and so we kind of just l- let it be very organic. And I think that also helped because nothing had to be perfect. You know? No, that's yeah. right. You don't set your bar at perfection because yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, things won't happen. And uh, I have to say that if there was anything you could say didn't work, it's that one event got cancelled. Yeah. And everything else yeah. has just flowed. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it seems unrealistic that so, something so logistically complicated might flow that easily. Um, but that's the way it worked out. And you, you forget the eight months of planning that exactly. went into making it that way. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I heard, I heard you need sort of that network, that you need a base on which to build something, right? Um, relationships, people you know, or people you are willing to be introduced to. Um, I also heard that you needed a great event manager to make this happen, and also that you needed merch. I heard. Um, <laughs> um, so, something to talk about. And, and, and a discount on a book. What's the coupon code, Wendy? Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, but so, so I get that you, if you, and Phil, I completely understand your points, and because you guys have your, your event, your network community creators right if you're the cat that is attending one of these things what would if you were to put yourself sort of put your empathy hat on there for a second daryl and wendy like like if you're one of those cats that attended your event one of the events what what would you say sort of their perspective was going in was it just to meet wendy 
I mean, that could possibly be the case. But I mean, we're, we're get my book signed. I get the book signed. What kind of feedback did you get from the folks who maybe they were consultants? Maybe they were taking the day off from their their nine to five job. Maybe they work at home. Maybe they were a technical architect. But they attended this thing for a reason to connect. And did you get any feedback from the folks that attended these and sort of what their perspective was? Because this really goes to the heart of if I'm if I'm out there a consultant, how do I find and attend and show up to these things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I've got to say, just to embarrass Wendy a bit that it was all just star power, basically. It was everybody wanting to meet Wendy and get their book signed. So, um, you know, we were just the logistics people in the background and um, and let, let the star shine. And um, and people were coming out in droves to meet her and to hear from her. And, and the fact that Australia is terribly isolated, um, we don't get a lot of uh, well-known people, particularly in our discipline, coming out here to visit and talk to us. And spend so much time with us. But I, I think what they were walking away with was, and this is relevant, right? I have new ideas that I didn't have when I came in here. And many people were inspired to the architecture discipline, whether they weren't in it, whether they're it, it, transformation layers, right? So I, I learned some new ideas. And second, I got to meet some really interesting people that I didn't know before. So I think those are... That, that, that's also, and when you're looking for community, I feel like you're looking for purpose, you're looking for good people, and you're looking for programming, right, and relevance of topic. So I, I yeah. can't speak you know, to the motivation. Are. Sorry, I can't speak for the motivation of them coming to the room in the first place, other than my assumption that's to, to hear from Wendy and, and to meet her and get their books signed. But I can tell you that we saw a lot of lights go on during the sessions. A lot of people discover things. People come up to us and say, there's a name for how I think about things. This is fantastic. I found my new path. Um, and, and that's just amazing to watch. And, and I saw that over and over again uh, across the country. Yeah, you can't beat there being a hunger for the material or for the sense of community. I mean, that's just fantastic, right? But, you know, uh, both Wendy and Daryl said something early on that I think makes this work better both for them and for the people that show up at the event. And that is when you're coming to this kind of thing or you think you want to do this, your brain has to be in the exploratory phase as opposed to the exploitation phase of your thinking. Right. And that is I am I don't know what I'm going to learn, but I'm willing to walk over to the library to figure that out. I'm willing to go over and wander and explore and kind of learn and just ask questions or just see what shows up. You know, if I walked in, and I said, you know what? I need her to deliver a tight 15 minutes. It's got to hit these five topics, et cetera. You know, she might've been disappointed. I might've been disappointed. But the thing is, neither one of us would have walked in with the right mindset to learn in that moment. And I think that exploratory mindset is what you need. Uh, did you want to talk a little bit about timing, the timing of this tour, the way it seems to be resonating with people? Just in terms of tide rising from end-to-end -end strategy to execution, business architecture as a strategic discipline. And I think playing into that a little bit of diversity in architecture and um, just kind of the importance of that um, across the board as well. Yeah, you hear stories in, in uh, business um, sort of history of business about people talking about luck and timing. It was a little bit of that. 
So merch and luck. <laughs> and, and Daryl acting as a handler, a handler for a celebrity, apparently, yeah. is how this all went down. Right. So there you uh -oh. go, folks. That's how you build a professional community right there. Chris, I hear, I hear it sounds like this was competing with the Eras Tour, you know. For, yes. From, from, exactly. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So this this is the kind of business architecture equivalent of, of the Taylor Swift tour. So where are you taking it next, Wendy? Are you are you going to tour? Are you going to tour the states, Europe? What's the what's the, where's next? Good question. You know, a what a what's next is there. I'm also dreaming of a, a Norway event as hey. well. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I, I like this idea, Phil, that you brought up of. Um, the rationale for going, right? It's I'm not going there to get something from you, right? Um, and you're not trying to exploit me <laughs> when I attend the thing. We're going there out of, I'm attending out of an interest in a person, a subject, something. So I think that's obviously pretty key, right? If you're looking for a group to be a part of as a consultant, you've got to look at your core interests. You've got to go, I don't know, like meetups or lunch club or I don't know, something, right? There's gotta be some way, yeah, maybe not lunch club, but um, chat roulette, I don't know. But uh, you know, you've got to be able to- uh, Are these yeah. US things? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking yeah, the things you don't want to know about. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Is it a business or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, at any rate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've thrown him off his stride, yeah. yes, would you like to buy some soap powder off me, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. That's for the blue for reel. Um, Bring us back. What was I going to say? Okay. Um, I think you were talking about mindset, right? And <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And so being in that mindset of finding the right group, right? And, and maybe that's LinkedIn groups, or maybe that's Reddit, or maybe that's something that you, you're following an interest, you're engaging in things that interest you. It sounds so obvious, and yet we routinely see people, especially I think in consulting, not really doing that or doing it very well. I think certainly in technical consulting, you get things like, you know, I want to belong to an open source community, or I want to, you know, contribute to this project on Git or whatever it might be. And so there's some involvement there. I think when you get into especially strategy consulting or, or, or to some lesser extent, maybe even architecture, you know, enterprise architects and, and folks, you know, I don't know that there's necessarily other than professional sort of, hey, you can be certified if you buy my framework and I'll give you a certificate, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about sort of these voluntary exchanges of ideas, right? That happen uh, sort of organically in groups. So I, I, I get that. So if I find, if I, if I can find one of these things that I'm interested in and I can join these events, what should I expect to get out of some of these things? It's not just getting my book signed, right? It's, you know, it's, is it meeting people? Is that, is it networking? Is that really what we're getting at? What, what am I, if I'm a consultant, what do I expect to get out of these professional communities? If those are two different things, right? It's one thing if I go in as an attendee and another thing if I go in as the presenter, right? Right. I, I'm, yeah, I'm on the I mean, attendee side at this point. Okay. So can I answer this? Because I think yeah. it's really simple. Nothing. You should go in and not know what's going to happen. Be okay. Did not Wendy Keene just tell you whatever happened was going to be okay? That's exactly what she said. Just go in and say, I don't know. Listen, maybe nothing happens today. 
but maybe I'll discover something new. Maybe I'll walk away with an idea. Maybe I'll make a connection to something, but it's okay. I'm just there to see what I, happens. I had a similar point, which is, I think you need to be prepared to give more than you'll receive. Um, so I don't, I don't 100% agree with what Phil said around. I think it's different if you're an attendee or a presenter, because I think a good community, it's, it's, it's many to many, right? It's not just someone getting on stage and, and, and yeah, sure, you might have some keynote speakers, like like if you're lucky, a Wendy um, speaking. Um, but it's for me as much about the sort of networking and the serendipity of, of just sort of you know bumping into new people. And and yeah, I, I guess I echo the point about don't don't have any expectations. Don't don't expect to sell something because uh, that's the other mistake I see people making is oh great I can pitch this you know thing to everyone in the room it's like no how to, how to kind of immediately become the most annoying person in the room is to try and sell something um you know you need to be consultative like like you would be uh you know in in, in the day job it's, it's similar it's it's kind of listening and, and and offering connection and value where you think there's there's relevance to, to, the, to that individual so uh yeah no I I, I kind of echo what, what, what you're saying there can I just um, sort of expand on, on Oliver's point there by just highlighting that, um, that um, and I think it's, uh, it's something about how Wendy presents to a group. And so it's immediately collaborative. It's, um, Wendy will establish at the beginning of the discussion that this is, these are some points that might be relevant to you, but we can take it in any direction that you want. So. Um, and we've seen that happen multiple times at different events where the, the idea going in with a set of slides goes completely out the window and we're all good with that because we want, the, we want maximum value for the people who have given up their time to come along. Um, and, of course, Wendy can support endless conversations across a variety of topics. So um, just thinking about that from a, um, if you are the presenter, having a think about the value of the attendee and being flexible enough to be able to provide that. Did you want to add anything to that? No, I, but I, I love the points that Oliver and Phil were making too, right? Because this community in our headset around it is something that's sort of very selfless and very on the giving side. We're all there for a bigger purpose. And, and I think what it does too, or what I can expect to get is it, it does build the capacity of the individual and the entire community. Like I feel like we, we worldwide have seen that in the things that we all have done here. I'm going to I'm going to sound the one discordant note. Mm-hmm. That is I I sense that there are plenty of people out there that rock exactly what you're saying, right? Which is, you know, I'm going to give more than I get and I will be part of a community effort and there will be lots of sharing. I'm not there to get something. I think there's another population that says I'm paying $50 to attend this thing. I've bought the book that I'm going to get signed. I'm taking eight hours out of my day. And if I do my, my calculation, that's so many thousands of dollars or whatever of my time. What do I get out of it? Do I get a moleskin notebook? Do I get, like, I don't know. What do I get? Right. Do you know what I mean? Tote bag. I, tote tote bag. bag. I don't know. Tote bag. You know and, and it could be as simple as I get to meet people who are influential in my industry. Right. And meet some potential career advancing uh, folks. Is that selfish? Is that is that not why they should go? Or is that deep down why they really go? I think you can take this even further, right? You could say there's people that don't do these things because they don't see the value, because they don't see that direct, tangible value for things. Or, you know, they won't pay for, 
for, to, 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 to do something because, yeah, so I, I think you could even take that to the even further extreme of the of the people that aren't getting the value out of this because they I haven't opened their minds to the possibility of what value they would get from getting being part of something like that. And I guess I think you naturally get people in these communities that are willing to share and are very collaborative because they're giving their time and they want to kind of build that community. And I think people sort of self-exclude themselves from that because they don't, yeah, they don't, they don't see the kind of collective value that, that can be exchanged. How do you, how do you, how do you capture those people? Or maybe you don't want those people. Well, I'm, I'm reminded of a conversation I have with event organizers quite often uh, who get um, a little down when they they have 100 people accept the invite and 50 people turn up and and they um, they you can see them at the event the event hasn't even run yet they're they're a bit uh, they're a bit down uh, because there's empty chairs in the room and and my advice to them is always don't worry about the people who chose not to come tonight they're not here make sure you give the best possible experience to those that have given up some of their time to be there. Um, and and just concentrate on doing that. I love that. I mean, I have an extreme example of that just after COVID, where I tried to run an Architect Tomorrow event in London, and initially 25 people said they were coming. We booked a really nice venue overlooking the river. Five people showed, but the crucial thing is, it was a very intimate, you know, connected event where. It was a great conversation, a great dialogue, because there was only five people in the room, so it was far more intense. You know, we could kind of get deep into topics and things because there wasn't lots of people to kind of, you know. So I think I, I echo what Daryl's saying. I think you kind of just need to look for the opportunity in, in in who who kind of shows up. You know, for me, you either get the the people that are really passionate about something and you get a really deep kind of focused conversation, or you maybe yeah get to meet some new people and you know win win. You know, kind of you get lots of people, great, lots of new opportunity to connect. Fewer people, perhaps more more deep deep reinforcement of existing connections. So, yeah, I I, I agree, Darren. I guess the trouble is, I think we've become obsessed with numbers and metrics, right? And I, I was having the same conversation about uh, our podcast. Actually, it's like, oh, you know, you're you're only getting a few thousand views an episode. It's like, well, it's more about quality than it is about quantity. I'd rather reach the hundred architects that really get value out of the, the podcast we've done, or you know, this one consultants. You know, maybe there's a few thousand consultants we reach, but it's consultants. It's not just you know, ra ra random kind of clicks on the internet. So I, there's, the, unfortunately, the social media has sort of made everyone become obsessed with likes and followers and all this sort of stuff. And, and for me, it's like, no, I'm quality rather than quantity. So let, let me ask you guys a question because I actually have you all on a call, which is awesome. Um, we're going to have uh, spoken to, I say we, I didn't do anything. Wendy's doing all the work, but... <laughs> Genius, uh, Daryl. It's genius. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> that's um, that's uh, across all of the events, uh, we'll have spoken to over 1,200 people. So what would be better, one event with 1,200 people in the room or 32 events covering 1,200 people where they live uh, in smaller, more intimate conversations? So I, I think there's a network effect thing that you want to think about there, right? So, you know, the thing is, 1,200 people do not talk to each other, right? You don't put them in and they don't get into groups. They can't self-organize typically into those threes and fives that make something happen. So breaking them into smaller groups, you know, that was much higher value to them. They got to, you know, over time, more people spent more time with you. They spent more time talking to each other. That would be really cool to have people at both ends talk to each other. 
but that just wasn't going to happen, right? But I, I, I think it's really valuable to have all of these groups build and talk to each other. And if you're, like I said, small enough, everyone talks, everyone hears, everyone, you know, lots of ideas get shared. Uh, you know, uh, I know Phil was going to bring up a philosopher, but there's a there's a guy that's talking about this now. His name is Byung Chul Han, right? And he said, you know, we're, we have communication without community. What you did was put community and communication together. They got together and they got to chat with each other, right? What we do not need is communication without community. The thing I've been reflecting on about this recently is the not invented here syndrome. And by that, I mean, you maybe need to check your ego if you are thinking about starting a community. I'm not. I'm not sure I would have created one on my own. It was like I say. I I, I kind of was gifted one in in, in many respects, and, and and I do think there is value in looking at what communities already exist. Like classic example is this is BCS Bridge Community Society run an enterprise architecture specialist group, and it's great. But there aren't enough more junior architects. I would say. Great. I, the danger with some of these communities is that the demographic is is aging in some of them. I, I do wonder whether. You know, we need to kind of reboot some of these communities so they're more relevant for like the the, the, more, the more junior, folk, the younger folk in, in in our in our professions. Um, but but yeah, kind of thinking about is there something already there that that could be enhanced? Is, has someone already kind of set something up and you could bring a different angle to it? That's kind of where my head is at the moment, and, and maybe collaborating more than sort of creating is is maybe the, the, something to kind of think about. I there's three legs to this stool that I think you have to think about, right? And one is. Who do I want to help? What do they need? What are they looking for? And how can I help them? Right? Because their needs and how you can help them might not line up. But, you know, if this is the group of people that I want to talk to, if I want to talk to architects, okay, what do most, if I asked 10 architects what they were looking for, what would they say? And you know, you might have to ask them multiple times to get those answers, right? So then you kind of get a sense of where they're headed. And then you say, okay, well, of those things, how can I bring together a group that's, that helps those needs? How can I bring together the people that will actually maybe do some piece of this? But let me tell you one of the things, I don't care what your answer was to number one or number two. Do you know what the, the hidden answer to number two is that people don't realize? It's community. They need community. They need to be in groups. And they're just looking for another adult to talk to about their adult problems or another architect to talk to about their architect problems or consultants or whatever. They just feel isolated and alone. And you can solve just that problem and do a great job. I love that idea. Um, I think for my part, I think if you're looking to start a community, um, it's got to be based on something that you care about or give a damn about or have some, I hate the word passion. It just sounds like marketing hype to me. Like, oh, I have to have a passion. It's like, no, it could just be something you're interested in and you want to find like people that are interested in those things and have a conversation if you're going to start something. If you are the cat out there, you're a consultant in a large organization like, you know, some of the, the big four or some of these other organizations, they have all kinds of groups internally that you can associate with. Maybe you don't want to associate with those communities. Maybe you want to associate with other communities. And I think it does stem from wanting to be part of something. But I think there's also a value that you can bring to it, your expertise and your knowledge. And then there's value you can extract from it, which is 
uh, connections and maybe even self-growth and, and other things of that nature, right? For example, if I wanted to become a Stoic, I would join one of Phil's you know, uh, communities as an example. Um, if I wanted to be a Lego master, I would join one of Ollie's uh, communities that he is a part of as well. I, I, yeah, there, I knew it. I knew you would have some new Lego set on the, on the Legos. Um, I, you know, so I, I, that's sort of that's sort of where my head's at. So I think it does cut both ways. But Daryl and Wendy, obviously, um, want to get your your take on this. So I, brilliant thoughts. Um, just maybe to echo some things we've we've already said. No matter you're, if you're the community organizer or attender, it's just going in with that openness and the spirit of the greater good, uh, the greater good being the, the purpose of that community um, and what we're, what we're trying to achieve together, other people. Um, I also think it's important to remind us that, you know, we are the community, right? So communities are, are very co-created. So it's you know, also good just to, to be giving uh, as well as taking because that's what I think gives it long, longevity and vibrancy as well. Yeah, and uh, a couple of things come to mind. One is that uh, uh, over the course of organising many events, I've had a lot of people come to me that were thinking about speaking um, and they asked me the question, what is the audience? What will the audience be interested in? And my answer is always, what are you interested in? You talk about something that you're passionate about, you will find that it resonates with the other people in the room. We're all trying to... Trying to um, uh, have the same conversations, address the same problems. And so just talk about something you're passionate about. You will find an audience there. Um, and the other thing is that every time I do put an event together, um, it, people come up to me and say, thank you for organising that. It's great to actually just take some time out and talk to each other and, and realise that we're not alone. We're, we're facing the same challenges and we need more opportunities to share and learn from each other's experiences. So. I think that um, that gives you some perspective on in terms of not overthinking things and just sort of getting together and, and having the conversation. I love that, guys. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for joining us. And, and if you haven't checked out Converge 2023, um, it's over tomorrow today. It's today there. Or yeah. For you, it's our tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow and tomorrow. Um, Living so in the future. The, the, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I think it, this year is converge.strategyintoreality.com. Um, but I think if you if you do the LinkedIn and you look at Daryl Carr, you will find um, access to all of the Converge stuff. Um, but awesome. Great stuff. Thank you, Oliver. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Wendy. Great to see you. Can't wait till you come back to this part of the planet. Um, and Daryl. Appreciate you taking the time. I know it's inconvenient timing for all of us. Um, during <laughs> it's early for you, it's late for us, and super late for Oliver. Uh, but no, I appreciate it. So thank you, everybody. I'm Chris Lockhart. Um, like and subscribe, and you know, click that little bell so that you get notified every time we have new stuff. Which is be part of the community, right? To stay, stay part of the community. community, community folks, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's community there too. So appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll see everyone next time.